Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy! Woo-woo! Hey, Flora? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your week. How was your week? Uh, it's been... I hate that I say uh every time. <laughs> uh. I'm going to edit that out. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's staying in. <laughs> it's been it's been a week. I've just been working. I've been doing my dog duties. My <laughs> dog, dog duties. As a dog person mm-hmm. that I am now. I went to the gym twice. Congrats. For the, f- for the first time in like six months. I can't really move or bend over because my abs are killing me. I have done basically nothing zoo related i don't think okay i'm looking at pictures of zoos a lot uh-huh on instagram um you've been preparing for your new zoo job though like getting pumped about that yeah i've been getting pumped about it and stressed out about it because um, i live approximately two thousand miles from where my new job is uh-oh which, uh-oh um, too much info if anybody <laughs> if anybody knows is very far away <laughs> if anyone oh, is aware God. It's pretty far away. If, if anybody knows how big miles are, then 2,000 of them are a metric shit ton of miles. Hey, if anyone's got a brain, it's pretty far. It's so far. <laughs> so just thinking about that uh-huh. makes me want to dig an eight-foot-deep hole in my backyard and crawl into it and bury myself alive. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Instead of having to deal with the stress of literally everything else. By eight feet. Anyway, how was your week? <laughs> I don't know. I want to dive into this. By eight feet, Uh-oh. do you mean eight foot diameter or eight feet deep? Eight feet deep. I think you have to bury people like eight feet down. I was going to say, that seems like the perfect height to not be able to crawl out. Yeah, because there's that show called Eight Feet Under that was like on Showtime like or HBO. Mm, was it eight feet under ago? or was it six feet under? Ah, fuck. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Well, I'm going a little bit deeper because maybe <laughs> I'm determined and want to crawl out, but I'm stopping myself. That's smart. But also, I'd like to point out that I bested you once again with my HBO knowledge. <laughs> yeah, you're such a fucking bitch. I hate you. Oh, wow. Thanks. Cool. Is that a good show? I never watched it. I watched one episode, and I think... Um, okay. It sounds like a no. <laughs> I think I watched one. maybe like 16 minutes of it. I didn't oh hate it, God. but at the t- same time, I was like, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> Is it about dead people or no? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, okay. Did I sound confident? Because I was no. not. Okay. Um, How was yours? Your my week? week was good. Uh... <laughs> Uh-oh. Coincidentally, <laughs> that's the exact same sound I make when I go to the drive-thru. <laughs> uh... Um, <laughs> what can I get for you? Uh, Even though you know exactly what you want, you're just like, uh, can I get Exactly. It? I can't just, like, launch into it. It feels too intimate. <laughs> I need to, yeah, like... Yeah, you have to just... Need to put up that sound barrier buffer. Uh, uh, uh. So uh, sure. Mike's been busy. Oh, my God. I just... You and I are in the same boat. We can't just launch into it. Anyway. No, we have to make some weird filler noise for whatever reason. Yeah. Mike's been busy. It's been hot. <laughs> Oh, it's almost, well, so no, summer's over, right, officially? No, I think September 22nd oh. is the autumnal equinox. Jeez. Don't quote me on that. But uh, something interesting, and by interesting I mean sort of interesting happened today, in which, <laughs> in which I brought my rain jacket to work, because I was like, it's mm-hmm. going to rain. And then I checked my phone throughout the day, it hadn't like rained all day. And I'm standing there, like, carrying my rain jacket around all day. And it's already hot, so it's, like, that horrible situation where you don't want to be having any extra anything on you. No. And they stick to you. No. Yeah, it's bad. I just, like, turn into, like, I don't even know. Just, I feel like I'm in a microwave. But Mm. I was carrying it around all morning, and I go home from lunch, and I go back to work with my rain jacket, and I check my phone, and it said that the chance of rain had passed. And so I was like, cool. So I stashed my rain jacket, and then it started pouring rain. <laughs> no! Uh-huh. It was pretty cool. And the whole the whole while this is happening, I'm checking the weather app on my phone. Thanks, Weather Channel. And it was just like, oh, 0% chance of rain. Sunny skies. Good grief. 
no storms coming. And I was like, why is it black overhead and pouring rain then? <laughs> Riddle me this. That little cloud was like, let's just wait for her to put that up and then we'll just go. Yeah, right? Everyone go. Piss. Piss on her. <laughs> pee now on the woman. Time to pee all together. So anyways, it was not um, animal or zookeeping related whatsoever. It was just, mm. you know, you know how the weather news is. It's always interesting. People love hearing mm-hmm. that. It's really good radio. Yeah. Everyone, I think what some people don't realize is that where I live you know, sometimes it's one temperature and the weather is one thing, but you wait five minutes and it's something else entirely. <gasps> you know what? What a unique experience that is to you. You're so what blessed. Such, such a unique experience that people think only happens in their city. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's worldwide or anything. It only happens to me right. and where I live. Yeah, it makes the conversation. Just wait five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the conversation that much more thrilling, too, because I feel like I can just pick your brain and... You know, we have yeah. endless conversation ahead of us. It's just like an immediate indicator that you have never left your home state or home city. Right, And that right. you are, in fact, the worst person to talk to in the universe. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're on a tangent. <laughs> we sure. We're on some kind of tangent. God, what a what a bitter tangent we went on just now. <laughs> God, both of us are feeling spicy. Um, so this week's episode, contrary to popular belief, is not about the weather. No, it's about whatever animal our Patreon patrons told us to do. Yeah, actually we got a lot of votes during the last poll that we did in which Hyena was the winner. Thank you everyone for voting. And it was a very close second to the runner-up, so we decided we might as well do it because y'all want to hear it, we're going to talk about it. So, this week's Animal of the Week is the Okapi. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. It is pronounced O cop E. I found a pronunciation guide that's literally spelled out O H and then the hyphen and in all capitals it says cop like C O P and then hyphen E E. O copy. <laughs> o copy. God, that's helpful. So the O copy, just Tell me. to add to our list here that we're have been working on, I guess, it's just it it's something that seems like it's made up, but it's actually real. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. So we're going to just get the, we're going to address the elephant in the room. We're going to get this right off our plates here. Flora, tell me (laughs) what the closest relative of the Okapi is. I want to say it's the giraffe. It is. It's the giraffe. Isn't that weird? Let's talk about that for a minute. Actually, if anyone's listening, you have no idea what an Okapi is. You're probably like, that fact means nothing to me. That (laughs) didn't alter my life in the slightest. (laughs) So um, (laughs) why don't you just keep in mind that fact and maybe just forget the punchline and we'll go back to it once you know what an Okapi is. How about that? Cool, cool, cool. And I'll get it right again because I'm smart. So let's just, yeah, let's do that again. You got the points. Don't worry. I'm keeping track. You got the points for getting it right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So. We're in class. Mammalia. This is a mammal. This is actually a hoofstock type mammal in the order of Artiodactyla. Do you guys remember Woo. the Artiodactylas are even-toed ungulates? Because I no. do. No. Oh. <laughs> well, Artiodactylas are the even-toed ungulates. Their uh, ungulate is a hoofed animal. So the Okapi falls within that. They've got even toes. <laughs> but what that Aww. essentially means is that the, the weight that they carry when they're walking around is borne equally by their third and fourth toes. So nice. this is in contrast to the odd-toned ungulates as a quick review, such as horses, which bear their weight primarily on their third toes. And then, Weird. just weirdly enough, since we talk about enough cetaceans on here, uh, aquatic cetaceans evolved from even-toed <laughs> ungulates yeah. because, just sure, crazy. why not? What a world we live in. So anyways. I bear all of my weight on my second toe. What does that make me? I bear all of my weight on my ninth toe. <laughs> Oh, you demon. <laughs> you and I fall within the same classification, which is never should have been born. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ugh. Top of the class. Top of the class. <laughs> number one and number two demons. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. So the Okapis are uh, within that order of Artiodactyla. They fall within the family of Giraffidae, which is... Mm. The Okapi and the giraffe are the two members of Only that family. Only two? I believe so. That's what I, I feel bad for the Okapi that, like, it's not named after him. 
right? Like Oh yeah, the Okapa Day. Mm. Yeah, why isn't it like the Jukapa Day? Why isn't it just like a combo? Oh, right? Yeah, it kind of steals the spotlight a little bit. Hmm. I guess it's because hmm. the uh hmm. the giraffe really has like a head up on everyone else, right? Oh my god. And the leg Here we up go. and a neck up. Here we go. It's begun. Started. It's begun. So the genius is Okapia. And listen to this, the species, which I cackled at, is John Stoney. <laughs> what? What? You're lying. No, I'm totally serious. It's like the name John followed by Stoney. <laughs> John, John Stoney. John Stoney. I feel like it's John Snowy. I feel like it's Chef Boyardee's brother. <laughs> John Stoney. Who somehow what has a make? different last name. John Stony Boyardee. <laughs> brother. He took his um his wife's name. No, John Stoney's his first name. It's John Stoney Boyardee. <laughs> oh my god. Brother to oh god. Chef Boyardee. He couldn't cut it in the restaurant his first industry. Fucking chef. <laughs> yes. Great. <laughs> Who owns that? Is that Hormel? I don't know. I don't know. Who owns Chef Boyardee? Yeah. Nobody. He's a free man. <laughs> He's not a fucking slave to the people are you kidding he me? made his own way <laughs> he carved his own path uh so anyways it's the okapia john stoney which is absurd that's great Isn't that... that's really easy to remember i like that <laughs> Isn't that the greatest scientific name you've ever heard uh so <laughs> i just can't get over that i feel like the man that found him his name's john stone and he's like okapi john stoney thanks <laughs> Uh, thanks. thanks. Bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we are that man. Um, okay, so <laughs> the Okapi is just oh God, he's just a mishmash. He's just he's a Picasso of animals. He truly is. So he's got so kind of yeah. he's got kind of the face of a giraffe, but like oh yeah, like a shadow version. Like I don't mean to keep mm-hmm. going back to Legend of Zelda, you guys, but if you've seen Link and you've seen Dark Link, <laughs> it's just then you know so what I'm applicable. talking about. The Okapi is the Dark Link of the giraffe. <laughs> He so is. he's got kind of a giraffe face, which itself mm-hmm. is weird. He's got kind of the general body of a horse, and then he's got the legs and butt he's of a, a zebra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. So they're not actually that closely related to zebras. Like I said, they're closely related to giraffe, uh, but the okapi themselves stand around five feet tall. So mm. pretty tall. <laughs> that's a good. That's, that's a pretty good tall. Uh, and as far as weight goes, like you said, they're pretty beefy. Uh, females can weigh anywhere between around 500 to just under 800 pounds. And then, uh, the males are actually a little bit smaller. They're around 450 to around 650 pounds. Jeez. Yeah, they're beefy babies. Chef Boy are beefy. (laughs) That is something else. The beefy John Stoney's. I, okay, I always sitcom. I always go to like Google Image and just like stare at the animal when mm-hmm. you talk. I just wish like one time when I did that, there wasn't like some kind of weird furry art oh, for the animal that we talk about. That is so distracting to me that I can't function. <laughs> there really is always because something, isn't there? There's just like this horrible Okapi body with a woman's head. It was <laughs> on deviant art. I hate everything about the world that we live in. Okay, anyway. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Anyway, I don't want to go in that hole um, that I dug for myself. The eight foot hole eight feet deep. based off that hit <laughs> HBO series. The eight feet, eight feet deep foot hole. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, so, Okapi um, share a lot of characteristics with the giraffe. One, uh, two of the coolest ones are that they have a long, dark, prehensile tongue, just like giraffe do. And that Ooh, long tongue. Is it, go ahead. Is it the same color? Uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of like a dark gray. Like it, it's kind of anywhere between like a light to a dark gray, which oh, nice. the color giraffe tongues yeah. are. Yeah, and it's yeah. really long, uh, and it like shoots out of its mouth and just like digs around in the air and strips. Yuck. Yeah, it helps strips like leaves and buds and stuff from. There's from a brush. picture of one on Google Images of it licking its own bunghole. Incredible, <laughs> its own bunghole. <laughs> Wonderful. That's what I'm looking at. This is a family. It's a family program. <laughs> That's why I made it bung instead of butt, right? Is that not better? <laughs> bung is the society acceptable version of butt. <laughs> I would argue it's the opposite. I'm more offended by bung. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know anymore. 
ew, something's wrong with this. <laughs> so, um, on top of their weird, long, prehensile tongue, they also have, yes. uh, they actually have the same number of cervical vertebrae in their neck that giraffe do. Doesn't everybody, though? I mean, I wasn't going to draw attention to it. <laughs> you, that's such a cheap fact. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to call me out for it. I mean, I feel like most people didn't know my fact, but they also didn't know your fact. That doesn't make your fact better than my fact. And you don't need to Yours blow holes like... in my fact with your fact. Yours is such like an under-the-table fact. Like, well, she's not wrong. <laughs> like... <laughs> so true. Um, no, I mean, like, my point is, but which I now see that you can probably just attribute to everything, is that... Although their necks are, like, vastly different lengths, they still have the same number of cervical vertebrae, which is, like, kind of mind-blowing, right? Me fucking too, dude, and I'm not a giraffe. Well, this episode Does isn't about I'm a you. Stoney? <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe. Now we're getting to I'm the real Flora questions. Flora John Stoney. <laughs> Flora John Stoney, that's me. <laughs> um, I mean, damn, do you want to run this episode? <laughs> I guess all my facts are good enough. <laughs> I mean, only if you're going to say, like, it's an animal and it's a mammal, if you're going to say, like, the most general facts that are attributed to every animal in the world. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess my John Stoney wasn't cool enough for you. So <laughs> why don't we get into the specific things? So okay, yeah. generally speaking, copies are pretty elusive. They're pretty hard to find in the wild. And their natural habitat is in, I think it's called the Itiri Forest or the Itiri Forest which is Ooh. a dense rainforest in Central Africa. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I believe it's in the Democratic Republic of Congo. I think that's what I read. Um, is it weird that I thought that it lived in South America? Oh, it's not weird, but it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't seem African to me. I guess because it lives like in a forest, which like whenever you think of Africa, you think of the savanna. Which right, is- right. Africa. There's a lot more to Africa than the savanna flora. Right. I know. You should know know. this. I should. (laughs) Whenever I think of South America, though, I do think of, like, all rainforest. I think because it reminds me of a taper. Oh, I can see that. Sure. It's like this weird, elusive, stocky, weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Just like a taper. I mean, it's a patchwork animal. Let's, Let's call it what it is. Right. Someone took a bunch of parts and mashed them together and were like, here you go. Seven vertebrae. Yeah. It's all set. Grandma like was like, I'm going to make you a blanket. And she just used like, all the thread and like weird scraps she had left from all the other blankets she made. Grandma fell asleep like, while she is. made your blanket. She Grandma's a drunk. <laughs> Instead of knitting you a blanket, Grandma knit you an Okapi and now it exists in the <laughs> world. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. Now I have to take care of this thing. Thanks, Grandma. Great. How do I wash it? I don't. She's like, I named it after you, John Stone. <laughs> Quit being ungrateful. <laughs> That's one thing I know about John Stone. He's so damn ungrateful. <laughs> I love your brother, Chef, much better. <laughs> wow, we are off the rails. Oh, I mean, I am drinking wine. I wasn't going to mention it, but I'll mention it. I'm like, <laughs> bottle deep. Incredible. <laughs> That's why I'm so sweaty. I keep sweating. Oh, I'm sweaty every day. I can't stop sweating. <laughs> this is a whole nother. Let's do a medical podcast now. We're just gonna change this up while we're going. If you know what though, if our med- if we did a medical podcast, it would just be us like exclaiming how sweaty we are, and that's not anything and anyone needs to know. Vertebra. Nor is it medical in any aspect. It's just <laughs> our weird problems. It's just personal facts. Yeah, unhelpful. Didn't want to know facts. Okay, mm-hmm. back to um, the Okapi. Yes. So, they are, like I said, pretty wary, um, and they have highly developed uh, ability to hear, and they have really, really big ears, so they're able to hear nice. really well and, like, point those in all directions. They're essentially just, like, sucking the sound in around them. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's a black what hole. A horrible way to describe that. <laughs> Funny enough, um, the way you know that you're near an Okapi is if everything around you is dead silent. Yeah, because it sucked all the noise mm-hmm. out. And then, oh, horror. careful, it's going to suck you in next. This is spooky. We're getting towards October. This is our spooky episode. Getting spookier every episode, guys. 
So uh, it was long said that the natives of the Aitiri forest knew of okapis, like they knew that they existed, and mm-hmm. every so often they would find one like in a trap, like their pit traps, um, huh. or you know whatever. But because they're so elusive, scientists didn't actually know that they existed until 1900, which is pretty recent. Wow. Yeah, that is. And uh, a lot of times, this makes it very, very difficult to study them in the wild because it's really hard to find them and keep track of them, and right. they're very secretive. So. Um, because of that, it's kind of hard to know a lot about them. So a lot of what we do know came from okapis that live in zoos, which is very helpful. Uh, currently, it's estimated that there are approximately 25,000 okapis left in the wild, uh, which mm. isn't a lot, but That's we'll get to that lot. during our conservation situation a little bit later. So going back to the ears of the okapi, I want to like kind of paint this picture for you in case anyone here listening has no goddamn clue what the hell we're talking about. So... All right, listener and Flora, just let your mind go blank. It's all it's already okay. There. Done. It was already there. Uh, imagine, imagine, shh. Imagine you're in a dense rainforest and there's a a thick <laughs> mist <laughs> rolling in. No, no, there's no sound. Remember? Oh fuck! <laughs> there's no sound. So you're in a dense rainforest. There's no sound. A foggy mist comes rolling in. You look over and you see a big old butt looking at you and a face behind that butt. What does that butt look like? It looks like a zebra's butt. What does the torso of that butt look like? It looks like a brown horse. What does the face of that thing look like? It looks like a goddamn abomination. No, it is. It's a it's a weird shadowy giraffe face. What have you got? An okapi. How fa- tall does it stand? Five feet. It's big. How big are its ears? Really big. Really big. The ears of the okapi you- can rotate independently of one another, so the animal can listen for sounds on all sides. Amazing. I know. Isn't that great? They, like I said, they have that weird, long, dark tongue that can do a lot of stuff, but one of the things that it can do is reach its eyeballs and ears and just, like, poke around. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you joking? <laughs> no. I mean, if you had that tongue, you know you'd do that, too. Poke around my own eyeball? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Oh, well, to each their own, I suppose. Good grief. So, like I said, they are kind of a dark uh, brown, like, kind of a chestnut to, like, a dark brown color. The stripes mm-hmm. on their butt and their legs are white with a dark brown to black color. Mm-hmm. And then uh, their face, again, is dark as well. So it's kind of a crazy-looking animal, but they're pretty it cool. It really is. Um, and because... Maybe you'll get into this later, but I want to know immediately. Okay, great. Are there stripes, like, unique for each okapi? I believe so. Yeah, I believe that's the case for most animals that have stripes and spots and stuff, is that they're, like, fingerprints. They're not, like, identical. That would be weird. Right. Um, I should mention, too, though, that the okapi face does have white on it, um, but it's the Mm, nose that's dark. So, just so you know, painting that picture. (laughs) The mental picture. The mental picture. So, uh... A common question is, why do they have these, like, weird zebra-like stripy butts, huh? Yeah. Why would they why? do that? So, why? as is the case with most animals with stripes, the stripes are there for camouflage. It makes it much harder for predators to see them in brush, uh, particularly if we're moving around. Because if you think about it, like, if you're looking at something through the brush, there's always going to be areas of, like, shadow and light and dark and all this kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, the stripes themselves actually help break up the image of the okapi, so it's not just one big solid thing that a predator can focus on makes it much harder for them to see and much harder for them to keep track of. So mm. that's kind of the case for all animals that have stripes. It's just a good thing of camouflage. But the stripes themselves on their butt serve an important purpose for calves because it allows them to focus on those stripes and it gives them an easy target to follow because they're not really going to stray too far from mom anyways. But right. for them, it's something that they can kind of latch onto and follow, which is pretty cool. <laughs> It's uh, crazy, but exactly, and a lot of times too, since they live in these thick kind of rainforest areas, it can get pretty dark on the ground. So the white of the stripes stands out to the babies as well, which mm. is helpful. So uh, it's said that the uh, fur of the okapi is very dense, and it actually feels like velvet, which is pretty interesting. What? Yeah, and like I said, it, it ranges from anywhere uh. like a kind of chestnutty color, like up toward the head, down to a dark purplish or reddish brown so it gets pretty dark as well uh on a slightly grosser note it's oily very oily (laughs) so 
so because of that, water is able to slide right off of them, which is helpful. Mm. Keep helps keep them dry, particularly again in a rainforest habitat. That's going to be important. Only the males of the species have horns, which are covered by skin and are pretty short and kind of shoot backwards toward the back of their head, so that they're not getting like tangled in <gasps> brush and stuff. So like little baby ossicles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's pretty Aww. cool. So, you said the male, only the males have them, is that what you said? Only the males, yep. Wow, and they're so little. This just seems... Yeah, they're just little nubbins, huh? Like they don't do anything. Well, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing their best. <laughs> I mean, I guess a giraffe, what is giraffe ossicone? They don't really do anything with those either, do they? Uh, a lot of those are used for in like mating displays and stuff, but mm. they're just kind of, I mean, the males and females in giraffes have those though too. Oh, true. Whereas yeah. for Okapi, it's just the males. Crazy. So um, another question people generally ask is, if they're related to giraffes, why don't they really look like them? <laughs> like phys- right. physically, why don't really they really look that them? Why aren't they as tall as they are? So if you think about it, you are looking at differing habitats here. So the giraffe are living in more of a savanna-like habitat, like Flora said, where they're having to kind of outcompete everything around them, all the grazers around them to get their food, and that's one of the reasons their necks are longer over a long period of natural selection. Uh, and mm. so they're able to reach the brush and the uh, plant life that's out of reach of all the other animals. So they're really filling that niche very, very well, and that's kind of how they feed. The okapi, on the other hand, are in a different habitat. They're in a dense rainforest habitat, so they're not necessarily having to outcompete the animals around them because there's a lot more mm. brush to go around there's a lot more uh, leaf matter so in the rainforest uh, trees generally have branches hanging down much closer to the ground and um, there's a lot of plant life on the ground as well uh, so generally speaking the okapi have never really needed to select for a longer neck in that aspect there's right. always been plentiful food but also because it is much more dense there's a lot of like tree roots and stuff that are much more hazardous on the ground so it would be extremely hazardous for them to be super tall with long legs because they would just be tripping everywhere <laughs> well and like if you just look at them right now and how goofy and fake they look imagine if they also had a long neck they would be the laughing stock like, they probably just can't even handle it. They'd be the laughing hoofstock. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. It makes me feel worse when, like, I set you up for it. Like, well, it you always do, though. Inside. You always do. My partner uh, in crime. Uh, so, yeah, it makes sense, right? According to their habitat, they're going to have different needs, and they're going to fulfill those needs in different yeah. ways. So, they're really well suited for their okapi habitat. Nice. But I just kind of love the idea of them just like, oh, oh, God, oh, oh, excuse me, tripping over roots. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> like their cousin, the giraffe, comes to visit, and he's like, ha, ha. and the whole time the giraffe's just like tumbling everywhere. Wow, can't, can't fit into your house, John Stoney. <laughs> John Stoney. It reminds me of a time. Clean up a little bit more. It reminds me of a time I was um, cleaning this bird aviary, and was like trying to just like go step over this low hanging rope to get to this bird dish of food or something and replace it and I of course tripped over the rope because I'm an idiot and um as I tripped I like flung my other leg out to catch myself so I took like this huge like t-rex stomping step and in doing so I just sort of tripped myself further so my next step was another like big t-rex stomping step yeah and I did that mm-hmm. for like five or six steps in a row um which is just horrible and i felt so bad because like all of the birds were like oh my god (laughs) like took (laughs) off they probably thought this like monster was coming for them which i don't blame them i am a monster why is godzilla in here trying to feed us get her out (laughs) who hired her get her out (laughs) she's horrible she's horrid um so anyways that was a fun little anecdote (laughs) um okapis can travel up to around half a mile a day in search for food and they generally follow the same paths that other okapis have used for generations. So they're helping each other out even after death. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're like solitary, right? They are, yeah. Like it's not like there's a herd of okapi in the forest. That would be an omen. <laughs> that would be something. There's a message there. <laughs> yep. There's a message there to decipher. Oh, yikes. So, yes, they are generally solitary. Uh, The only time you'll really ever see them together is very brief breeding encounters. Uh, But more commonly is if you have an adult female with a calf. So the calf will be following Mm. mom around. 
Yeah. So uh, the males, just like with a lot of animals, the males have a much larger range than the females do. So they're kind of cruising around the area looking for ladies to bone down with. And um, so they can travel anywhere from that half mile up to around two and a half miles a day. Additionally, males are territorial, hmm. so they're looking to keep other males out of their territory, but they will allow females to pass through if they're looking hmm. for food. So that's smart, though, because you don't want to drive the ladies away. <laughs> no, you'd, like, shun them. Exactly. Like, yeah, I'm out of territory. That's a bad But, move. like, call me later. Right. Like, I'll be here. Like, you know. I'll be here, but, like, don't come meet me here. I'll meet you somewhere else. <laughs> I'll go there. Don't come back. Oh, what a jabroni. <laughs> What a jabroni, John Stoney. What a Stoney. John Stoney. <laughs> the newest term for jabroni. <laughs> John Stoney. John Stoney. So male and female copies are generally active throughout the day, but most active in the afternoon into the evening. So they are diurnal, once again. It's mm. one of our favorite words that we bring up. And mm-hmm. they can eat, this is a crazy amount of food, but they can eat 40 to 65 pounds of leaves, twigs, and fruits every day. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, and it's so obvious that they leave what's called a pruning line in the foliage of the forest. Oh. God. That's like a sizable chunk out of the Golden Corral Forest Buffet. Yeah, like you totally get giraffes eat all the time because they're yeah. huge. But this little guy yeah. is just like a little bit smaller. Yep. You got it. But he's still pruning those hedges 24-7. It said that uh, okapis have been observed also eating things like clay and charcoal. Why? <laughs> That. The best guess is for uh, the minerals that exist within them. I think it's, you know, like so hubstock. Salt. Like salt. Yeah. yeah. But um, still weird. <laughs> charcoal, doesn't that make you vomit? I don't know. Maybe they like to live life on the edge. Gross. Yeah, not so great. Maybe they do it for their teeth. Isn't that a teeth fighter? Oh. Get yeah. the best smiles in the rainforest. Uh, so just like with giraffe, sheep, and goats, okapis are ruminants. So they digest their food in the way that ruminants do, which is pretty cool. So they chew cud? Yep. So they will um, swallow their, they'll chew up their food, they'll swallow it, and then they'll continually kind of regurgit and swallow it and regurgit and swallow it throughout the day. It's like chewing gum, but it's chewing your food over and over. That's disgusting. You barked into your mouth. I know, isn't it cool? So... So while okapis are generally solitary... They do have overlapping ranges, of course, right? So um, one of the ways that they communicate with one another, especially when their ranges overlap, is through scent glands. Most animals on the planet use Uh-oh. different types of scent marking and scent glands and stuff like that to communicate with one another. And I have a feeling this is going to be gross. Yeah, okapis are no different. So they have scent glands on their feet, which is dank. Oh. And uh, when they walk, it leaves a sticky, uh, it says tar-like Great. substance behind them Great. wherever they walk. And that helps mark their territory, which is yucky. Someone stepped in something. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> On top of that, oh um, they also have a great sense of smell. And so for Okapi, when they're um, moving through their range or different ranges, will smell the ground to see who else has been there. As with all freaking animals, males will spray with urine to mark their territory which is really yucky (laughs) and then it says that uh or okapis are generally pretty silent but female copies Hmm. will vocalize when they're down a clown Uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm uh-oh prone to bone they go to that karaoke bar and they're like listen listen i'm cute (laughs) listen cue up total eclipse of the heart i'm ready because i'm fertile because i'm fertile Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so um, getting into that clown time, let's see. So the females and males will breed. Um, the gestation for young, do you want to take a guess? Keep in mind that they're related to giraffe. I know. So I want to say it's like a long time. It is and a long time. Because most hoofstock, those babies are going to come out kicking. Otherwise, they get fucking scromped. 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 scromped <laughs> yep. by, <laughs> by something that comes by and is like, I'm going to scromp you. Um, you get kicking, say... otherwise you ripe for picking. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. I want to say like forever. Like elephants are like, what, two years or something? Mm-hmm. So this okapi is like 13 months. Yeah, it was close. It's uh, it's just about the same as giraffe are. It's 14 to 16 months. Dang it. I know, it's cooking for a long I time. so close. So when they're born, they generally give birth to one calf. 
Surprise, surprise. Ooh, yeah. Um, and when the calf is born, they stand around two and a half feet tall, and they can weigh around Aww. 35 pounds. Cute. I know, they are cute. They just look like little little dweebos. I love hoofstack babies. They always look so smug and stupid. Well, they're just leggy. They yeah. are. Their faces are ridiculous, and they're just leg. They are just, like, have a smirk and, like, enough leg to throw the smirk at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, and this boy's all ears. Jeez, these are just yeah, little babies. God, he heard what we said. <laughs> he's coming. You <laughs> can hear it from here. Golly. Oh, he's like someone's talking shit. So when the newborns uh, are born, wow, what a statement! They can cool. stand within thirty minutes of birth, which See? just like with a lot of host stock, they gotta get stand in because they gotta get run in because they're gonna get eaten. <laughs> so you're gonna get. I forgot the word that I made up five minutes ago. Snacked. I don't know. Scrumped. Oh, scrumped. <laughs> scrumped. <laughs> they gonna get scrumped. This word that I just made up. Y'all know what it means, right? The context. I forgot that the word. Context. I <laughs> uh, so when they're born, the calves will have the same coloring as the mother does, uh, but they will have that cute, stupid fringe that runs along the hair of their spine. Which is so cute. Um, this they do grow out of it after around a year, but the cow, yeah, the calves will have that little fringe, which is super cute. Um, the mothers will hide their calves in a spot and return to them to nurse and stuff, but the mom will go out and graze and stuff while the calf is hidden away. It's her dirty little nice. secret. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, at around three weeks old, the calf will actually start trying solid food, which I thought was surprising. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the hoofies I see, like, are nursing for a while. Um, yeah, they're little leeches for a really long time. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know why, but I found this fact, and I was just, like, obsessed with it. Apparently, they can defecate uh, for the first time between four and eight weeks of age. Um. I know. I thought it would have been sooner. So what happened, what? They're just, like, ruminating on all the other stuff? I guess. I don't know. What on earth? I know. I thought that was crazy. Now I need to Google, like, when anybody shits for the first time. Well, I feel like... I don't even know how it compares, but I feel like it's way sooner than that. Yeah, I feel like all the hoofstock that you and I have taken care of, like, they just, like, poop right away. Yeah, remember those little, like, Red River Hog babies? Yes. And they had, like, the cutest poops, and I took pictures of them because oh. their poop was so cute. Yeah, it was <laughs> really cute. little. Add that to the thousands of pictures of vulvas, and <laughs> you're on a list somewhere. This little, like, chiclet poop. Ugh, it's adorable. Yeah, so um, it said that the, that the fact that they defecate at this period of time is an adaptation to help keep predators from discovering them, like sniffing out newborns. Wow. But... Um, that still seems like a really long time. Really, really long time. Yeah. So the calves can triple in size by the end of their second month of life, but they don't actually reach adult size until you're three years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Um, so like I said, they, uh, have a strong sense of hearing. They rely on that to, uh, warn them of any incoming danger. That's kind of their mm-hmm. main thing that they do and then they run away if something happens uh, <laughs> which is a Same. smart move um one of their most common predators are leopards which um aren't afraid Yikes. to hunt adult okapis so yeah i know so that's not so great because it means that their calves are extra vulnerable in that regard i'm trying to see here i found something that was really interesting but i wanted to see if now's the right time to talk about it <laughs> it's not it is not the right yeah, time. Yeah, probably not. It'll never be the right time. Um, okay, well, we'll go, just go ahead and talk about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump to our shout-out portion really quick because San Diego Zoo is one of the leaders in okapi breeding, but also in okapi Ooh. research. So, um, they've actually discovered that okapis have, dun-dun-dun, a secret language. What? Yes. Apparently, they've been watching okapis and recording the sounds that they emit. And while the researchers have heard kind of the more common sounds you would expect from hoofstock, like uh, coughs, bleats, and whistles, uh, they didn't actually notice until they examined the recordings of those closely that okapis have other calls that they emit, but that have very low frequencies. So the frequencies of these calls are so low that humans can't hear them at all. 
And so it's only oh. when the researchers analyze them via like computer software that they could see right. that this was actually happening under the radar. That's crazy. That's some X Files shit. <laughs> I know. What are they talking about? They're talking about us. Yeah, probably. They're like these Everything's idiots us, can't so. hear us. <laughs> um, so one hypothesis is that these calls evolved as a form of communication between mom and baby while she's out foraging. So she's just like, and baby's like, and they just like check in with each other, you know? Great. That's like a little beeper situation. Yeah. And it's important because they were able to do that without alerting potential predators in the area. So it's like their secret channel two of their radio. Yeah. And then it's a... I was looking on the San Diego Zoo website when I was learning about this, and they have a quote here, which is incredible. It said, it's the Okapi version of students who text message each other in class so that the teacher is unaware that they are talking. <laughs> oh, sneaky. I love that. The Okapi's just like the sassy high schooler. It's like, you can't hear me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, Flora, I want you to take a guess at the Okapia Johnstoni. Uh Guess their conservation situation from what you know about okay. them thus far. Here's the thing. I know the thing about their conservation situation because I played Zoo Tycoon Endangered Species Pack. And so they're endangered. Uh-oh, spoilers. Yep, they are endangered. Zoo Tycoon! Zoo Tycoon for uh, the win. Uh, uh, That's uh, a pretty uh, accurate uh. game. Yes, Okapi are... It's the best game ever made. Oh. Sponsor us. That's a bold claim. But yeah, please sponsor us. Um, so Okapi <laughs> are endangered, unfortunately. Uh, as I said, oh. it's estimated they have around 20, I think I said 20,000 estimated in the wild, 20, 25,000, yeah. which is not, not a lot. Yeah. It's said that Okapi have been undergoing a decline since at least 1995 that is continually ongoing and projected to continue. Um, mm. Yeah. And unfortunately, like a lot of animals, they face a number of multifaceted threats. And this combined with a lack of effective conservation action is... Um, just proving to be a not-so-great situation for them. So it said that the rate of decline is estimated to have exceeded 50% over three generations, which is approximately 24 years. Oh, by the way, they live anywhere between 20 to 30 years, so that gives you a little context. And um, it's suggested that a 43% decline over a period between 1995 to 2007, so not good. And this is continuing, keep in mind. So... It says that while there is monitoring that's happening, there needs to be a lot more in order to mm-hmm. understand what sorts of declines are happening and why and where and kind of everything. So right. not so great. Um, so kind of what they're looking at as far as um, threats go, just like with everything, um, climate change is a huge one. Um, habitat loss is another big one. But yeah. because, again, they are so oh, – what am I trying to say? Not exclusive. Reclusive? Is that a word? Mm. Yeah. Okay, re- great. Yeah. Recluse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because they are so reclusive, um, it makes it much harder to study them. And because their numbers are right. so few, that's just exacerbating the fact. But generally speaking, um, Okapi are also hunted for their meat and skins. If you remember. What? Yeah. If you remember, their fur is very kind of velvety. And so a lot of right. times they're hunted for that. But also they have a very interesting pattern because of the stripes and, you know, the colorations and stuff. So people are like, hey, so that's cool. there's some cool. kind of weird ass like Cruella de Vil wearing Okapi skin? Yeah. Horrible. Don't like that. Yeah. Don't like that. Um, so... It says that, again, major threat is habitat loss, specifically due to logging and uh, proliferation of human settlements. And unfortunately, a big part of this is there's actually seeing illegal occupation of protected areas. So areas that should be wildlife sanctuaries and not with humans within them are being occupied anyways by humans, which is right. not so good. And it said that that's a huge risk risk for okapi um particularly in the ituri forest which is that forest that they're found in um but in a lot of regions of that forest so it's kind of overtaking that entire range which is not really leaving much much many places for them to go (laughs) i had a hard time spitting that out um so like i said they're hunted for their meats and skins and uh just like with a lot of animals particularly in or hoofstock animals, but um, particularly in dense forested areas, snares are a big threat to them as well because they don't really see them, and then they get trapped in them, and they die yeah. horrifically. So, not so great. Ugh. I know, not so good. Um, 
It said that one of the current most prominent threats to Okapi is actually the presence of illegal armed groups in and around key protected areas. The armed groups that come into the areas are there to actually negate conservation action. They... Fun. Yeah. um, A lot of them engage in and facilitate poaching of different animals, particularly elephant poaching, uh, bushmeat hunting, and they also engage in illegal mining, illegal logging, charcoal production, and agricultural encroachment. So all of those things are um, unfortunately not good for anyone, but they're also harming Mm -hmm. the Okapi populations in that area as well. Yeah. Not great. Um, So some of the conservation actions that they're looking at is uh, mainly to ensure that they're protecting those wild areas and have enough um, actual on the ground, like boots on the ground people there to protect those areas. Because if you remember, it's going to be hard to protect them if people are just doing what they want in them anyways. So a lot of that comes with having people there to do that, which is... Kind of a tall order sometimes, especially if you're working with a local community that may not understand why it's important to protect them or if, especially if they're supporting their family through some of those illegal practices, they're not necessarily going to see the benefit in changing to do so. So a lot of times, um, especially with all conservation initiatives, it takes a lot to uh, work with local communities to show them why it's important and to give them the tools for success. So that's one of the biggest ones. Um, A lot of government agencies are working together with one another to figure out a way to protect the Okapi areas and also ensure that all the animals within those areas are protected as well. But just like with everything else, you know, like cutting down on habitat loss, you know, mitigating the effects of climate change, not promoting poaching or other illegal activities or hunting for bushmeat, like all that kind of stuff. Not doing all the horrible human things that we do every day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed a trend here, but um, just about all of the threats that animals face are human-based, so. Yay! Yay! Not great, but it does mean that we have the responsibility to do something about it, so good job, everyone, for listening. Hopefully, (laughs) yeah, hopefully you're more interested in helping them, so. Thanks for adding something to my to-do list. Not only do I have to move (laughs) across the country, now I have to save the fucking Okapi. Great. Yeah, welcome. Uh, But there are a number of really great organizations out there, and I wanted to give a shout-out to the following zoos. Stand by. It's a bit of a list. Hit me. Okay. So, first one. Oh, hold on. I'm scrolling up my list. (laughs) Blank Part Zoo in Iowa. Bronx Zoo, New York City. Brookfield Zoo, Chicago. Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, Colorado Springs. Cincinnati Zoo, Cincinnati. (laughs) Columbus Zoo, Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) Dallas Zoo, Dallas. Denver Zoo, Denver. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Disney's Animal Kingdom, Florida. Los Angeles oh. Zoo and Botanical Gardens, Los Angeles. Oh. Houston Zoo, Houston. Jacksonville Zoo, <gasps> Jacksonville. Jacksonville. <laughs> Lincoln Park Zoo, Chicago. Lowry Park Zoo, Tampa Bay, Florida. Maryland Zoo, <gasps> Baltimore, Maryland. Memphis Zoo, <gasps> Memphis, Tennessee. Zoo Miami, Miami, Florida. Nashville Zoo, Nashville, Tennessee. Oklahoma City <gasps> Zoo, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Henry Dorley Zoo, Omaha, Nebraska. Philadelphia Zoo in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Tanganyika, oh my gosh, I shouldn't, Uh-oh. I should have practiced that before I started. Tanganyika, Wildlife Park, Goddard, Kansas, San Antonio Zoo in San That's Antonio. That's in Kansas, that weird word that you just said? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yep. San Diego Zoo, San Diego, Sedgwick County Zoo in Wichita, Kansas, St. Louis Zoo in Missouri, and White Oak Conservation uh, Organization in Florida. All of those wow. guys work with the Okapi Conservation Project, but also the Okapi SSP, and they actively breed and support Okapi conservation. Whoop, whoop. Wow. Yeah, it's a big list. That's cool. I know. Usually it's not, like, that many people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Yeah, so uh, the Brookfield Zoo and the San Diego Zoo, I believe, from what I read, have had the most Okapi births since the kind of breeding program started in, like, the 50s and 60s. I think San Diego nice. had something like 60 births, and Brookfield had, like, just shy of 30, which is a lot. Um, but... Those guys, um, all of those facilities are working hard to protect the Okapi, so they're doing everything they can to support breeding in human populations, but also to support um, in-situ conservation work, mm-hmm. as well as their ex-situ work that they're doing at the zoo. So, uh, the Okapi Conservation Project is kind of the main one that I found, unless you know of any other organizations, but they're the ones that are doing a lot of the <laughs> surveying work and stuff. What? Talking to me? I don't know anything. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes you do. You know weird stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> I do know weird stuff. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, they uh, they're a nonprofit that's working to keep track of everything, and um, they also work closely. I should mention with zoos across the world. It's not just in the United States. Um, mm. So just the ones I listed were the ones in the United States, but there are tons in Europe and all over the world that are doing awesome work for the Okapi as well. So a lot nice. of people are listening to the fact that they are endangered, and that's great. That's really good news. Um, these guys are really cool animals, and. They're really charismatic, and they're ones that I think a lot of people don't even know exist until they see one at a zoo. So it's kind of that perfect example of, like, hey, how did a zoo change your life? Oh, well, I learned an Okapi existed. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, Which is pretty cool. So I wanted to get into, at this point, my favorite part of every week's episode, the animal and the media discussion. Zoo Tycoon. Yeah, Flora, tell us about Zoo Tycoon. It's in Zoo Tycoon. Okay, cool. Uh, The next example is (laughs) is, uh, The Lion Guard. You know that show? Yeah. You know I know that show. I know you know that show. Yeah, The Lion Guard is like a spinoff of The Lion King. I believe it's a Disney Junior show. I think it's Disney Junior. Um, But it's just like a TV show, and there's like a bunch of African animals, and they actually do a pretty good job of kind of displaying these animals from what I've seen. If I'm wrong, yeah. someone tell me. But they had an episode about an okapi, which was Aww. so cool. It's called the Imaginary Okapi. And Aww. in the episode, you meet Ojabu, the okapi. And he actually, like, explains, you know, that he has, like, big ears, which he uses for listening to prey or predators. And he, um, you know, is, like, really nervous. And he's always looking to, like, take cover. And he's not from Aww. the savannah like the other, other animals in the show are. And right. he's, like, nervous around leopards. Like, they did a good job. I was super pumped about it. So That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the main example that I've seen in the media, but the illustration they did was, like, spot on. They killed it. Um, he's cute. Yeah. Yeah, he's really cute. I love him. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Uh, so that's pretty much it. Um, did you have any questions? <laughs> um... Oh, I did want to say one more thing. Um, <laughs> no. Okay, great. Uh, the okapi <coughs> is considered a quote-unquote umbrella species. And so Ooh. in conservation efforts, a lot of times what that means when people say umbrella species is they're referring to an, a species that uh, if that individual species is uh, saved and focused on saving, then a lot of times a lot of other animals will benefit from it. So it's kind of similar to how like a keystone species is an example of the health of a habitat um yeah uh the umbrella species are kind of the same in that regard in which like if you're helping save them you're helping save everything which makes sense right like if you're helping mm. save an okapi which a lot of times is prey for you know carnivores in the area but also it eats a lot of plant life in the area and whatever um you know it travels around like you're keeping track of the plant life in the area keeping track of the predators in the area like all that is in harmony and all of that is protected so it ends up helping just about everything that lives there which is pretty cool this is cool yeah the more i look at them the more i definitely see like giraffe stuff like especially with like their tail looks like a little giraffe tail yeah it's cute but i also can't stop seeing them just wearing like kinky boots (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) just like striped kinky boots it's not even like thigh highs it's like thut highs (laughs) you know the part where your thigh and your butt beat kinky boots i know on top of that they just have like a big old booty like mm. they were made to wear those boots mm-hmm. those big old zebra boots <laughs> they're cute though <laughs> oh my god i think that's yeah i don't have any questions about okapi because you nailed it i didn't realize they were so prevalent in zoos that's kind of cool yeah a lot of times like there's this they're just not in zoos <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That's what I thought. That's my thought that I had. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it wasn't that the case with the saula. Like they, yeah, just... they remind me a lot. Like the yeah. body shape reminds me a lot of a saula the and face. like a bongo. I get like bongo vibes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, those like antelope looking mofos. But you know, yeah. one thing I will say: um, every time I've met a zoo person, like a keeper or someone who works in a zoo, that. Uh, first off, knows what an okapi is, but second off, has, like, worked with them. Every single person who's, like, worked with them is obsessed with them. 
Obsessed. Literally, Obsessed. it's all they talk about. Obsessed. Yeah. Yes. So there's got to be like something about them that's just like well, so I'm endearing. Is the fact that they feel like velvet. <laughs> or either I mean, that I or they give that thing scratches. True, true. It's velvety. But also oily, remember? Mm, true. Um, but I feel like as far as hoofstock, it seems like a low key hoofstock. Yeah, it seems like pretty chill and it's got those like low frequency sounds that it makes, which is cute. Yeah. Like I'm not scared of it, but like a springbok would just impale me oh my God. leave me to die. <laughs> Flora, so, I want you to take this moment to tell everyone that story about that springbok that was breeding that female in front of both of our eyes. <laughs> okay. This is a horror. It was horror. a horror story. Yeah. If you don't like spooky stories, turn this off now. So I used to work with large African hoofstock, including springbok, and an entire springbok fucking family um mr tumnus was the male (laughs) oh my god and he was just a naughty boy in all aspects of his life Mm -hmm. and he wanted me dead 24 (laughs) yeah he was really mean (laughs) he was really really mean luckily i bonded with a marabou stork who routinely beat the shit out of mr tumnus to keep him away from me which was super great Um, animal politics man (laughs) yeah you gotta pick sides and i picked the winning side yeah you did um until he got gored. I mean, different. That's a whole other story of when, <laughs> of when uh, Ken got braces. But anyway. <laughs> so, um, one day, uh, Fauna was visiting me in my area. And I was just discussing the springbok and how horrible they were. Because Mr. Tumnus was in rut. And he was very aggressive. And it was breeding time. And he was being really horrible. And we had several females. His wife, of which her name is Martha. Um, and as we're watching and just discussing, he mounts Martha. <laughs> and then, I don't know how best to describe it. I don't know who if anybody's been to Disney World, but there's like this ride at Disney World called Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> and it just goes from like zero to 80, like in like a fucking second. Like it, sh- it like makes you coast back and then it shoots you into oblivion and it's like to the tune of Aerosmith and it's really great and that's what I want to say that like his thrust was like he slam jammed his rod into Martha so hard that both of us were like mid we're like mid conversation but we're both like facing them and talking and we both just screamed like we were just like oh my god because it was forceful it was violent and it was horrible he blasted her forward like four feet it was a nightmare scenario, and at that moment, I just felt for that woman and her poor, just undercarriage. Her poor vulva. Like, three times. <laughs> she had Moose and Bunny and, what was that other baby's name? I don't know. There's so many. Sasha. Yeah. Well, I, like, I, the th- <laughs> I like that I named Moose and Bunny and then some other person named her Sasha. Um better names (laughs) i uh when i saw it the first thing i thought or the first thing i thought was like first off imagine a hoofstock animal standing on their hind legs which is horrible yeah Yeah, it's really bad it's they shouldn't do that but second imagine someone suddenly turned on the jetpack that was attached to his hips and he just like blasted forward with those hips poor freaking martha like i swear in that moment i saw just like a cartoon like explosion cloud appear just like bam it was insane it was insane yeah it was i've never seen anyone and i feel like I don't even know if that's how Springboks breed, but that's how Mr. Tumnus breeds. Like, he was just an aggressive boy, and maybe that's just how he <laughs> he went. He but rocket only... launched her across that habitat. Yeah, it was not fun to watch. It was a, th- what a, creep. <laughs> it was a thunder thrust. <laughs> Tumnus was such a creep, and I just love that his name was Tumnus. I made fun of him all the time, and he just was so mad. Yeah, he uh, he was a big bummer. Um, so... If he could have killed me, he would have. He would have. And he would have enjoyed it. Yeah. I know it. Um, yeah, so everyone, if you're interested in hearing the story about um, uh, Ken Got Braces, Flora's bird love of her life, um, consider joining our Patreon. Flora, why don't you talk about our Patreon a little bit? Yes, so we have a Patreon now. It's keeper or it's patreon.com slash keeperchat. Um, you guys can sign up and become patrons of our podcast, and it gives you access to bonus material. It also gives you access to voting on future episodes, as well as gives you um, access to giveaways. So my life is insane right now, so we're a little 
behind, but um, our patrons have already voted on Dodo as being one of the bonus episodes, so that's, I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna commit to it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna come out this week. Woo! I'm committed. I just committed to it. Yep. Um, Can't take it back now. And I also was, like, messing with, like, auto-tuning my voice in that horrible sea urchin song, and that might go up, too, because I've made it less of a nightmare. I cannot sing. I can barely speak. Um, and But that song is so fucking catchy. Every time I, like, listen, I edit it and I listen to it, I'm like, the rest of the day, I'm just like, mm, urchin, uh, so, ur-. and I just, like, sing it the rest of the day. So I really think that should go up there. Agreed. Um, but yeah, another thing that we're talking about is doing really personal episodes about animals that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we haven't touched a lot of birds that I am obsessed with, mainly penguins and marabou storks. Um, they are the loves of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those more passionate ones that have a lot more kind of personal anecdotes would be great for our patrons to listen to. So um, that's just something you guys can sign up for. It's... Something that we're going to use to just better the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we hear the echo when we're editing. We hear these things in our podcast that can be better. So um, we're going to kind of use those funds towards improving it, getting better headsets, better materials, and also just giving back to you guys. We already have like a nice little lump sum, um, and we're already talking about how to just make like a really awesome giveaway for our patrons. Yeah. Um, so it all what it what goes around comes around, man. That was ominous AF. <laughs> <laughs> so you just wait and see. You just wait and you see, and then when all the sound is gone, there we will be. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so consider joining our our Patreon. Uh, like Flora said, we're really looking at pouring all of that back into the podcast. We really enjoy doing this, and this is something that we kind of started as a way to, like, hang out and, like, goof off with each other. Um, mm-hmm. It's something we would already be doing, even if we weren't recording it, so it worked out well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, our, our our listeners, you know, we're always looking for ways to improve what we do and make it sound better, and we appreciate everyone who already listens and who shared it and promotes us and stuff like that. You guys are awesome, and so... Like she said, we want to be able to give back as well. So we've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. So stay tuned. Um, and if you are interested in joining our Patreon, Flora, can you give them the address for that? It is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Keeper Chat. Nice. Excellent. Um, and it's super easy to use. Like, I'm just an actual idiot and I figured <laughs> it out. So should be good. Hey, Nice. All right, so let's hit up that TLDL. Too long, didn't listen on the Okapi. First and foremost, it's the closest living relative to the giraffe. They Insane. fall, yeah, they fall within the same family that the giraffe do, the giraffidae. But their genus and species is one of the best scientific names I've ever heard. It's Okapia Johnstoni. So just Johnstone. I'm gonna change my name to that. No longer am I fauna. I'm now Johnstoni. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, these guys are a hoofstock animal. They stand around five feet tall. They have a weird mismatch parts. They got a lot of weird things (laughs) going on there. They've got different colors on their body, ranging from white to dark brown and purpley brown, and they're smooth like velvet, and they got zebra legs, and it's a whole, whole thing. Uh, Their gestation is really long, just like a giraffe, so they're cooking for ages. They have big old ears because they got to listen to things that are hunting them. So they suck all the sound of the world around them and they consume it. And that's their main form of energy. If you guys are getting your facts from the TLDL, I would highly recommend that you do not. (laughs) If you're getting facts from us in general, I would highly highly recommend recommend that you do not. (laughs) I would say, I, I would say that's a bad idea. (laughs) Just generally. Uh, Also, please don't write like a paper and like, quote us oh my god no never uh so just like giraffe do okapi also have a long prehensile tongue that they can use to do a bunch of dastardly deeds with but mostly just eat leaves and stuff but also lick their eyeballs if they want to and that bunghole and that big old bunghole ew it's a family (laughs) progress i tried saying it and it tasted bad (laughs) i didn't like it did it taste like an okapi bunghole ew god why would you ever Not that I would know. <laughs> uh-huh. These guys are really elusive. They're hard to find in the wild, but they are found in Central Africa and the Democratic Republic of Congo in the Itiri Forest. They're rainforest-dwelling babies. 
Uh, I think that's about it. They got like a secret low frequency language. They're endangered because humans suck. So if you're interested in helping them, first, learn about them. Second, support uh, zoological breeding of them. And third, consider donating to projects like the Okapi uh, Conservation Project. It's a great cool. place. I think that's it. That's cool and awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We hope you learned some cool stuff and had a good time chilling with us. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out our Instagram at keeper underscore chat, where we post fun pictures, facts, and other weird stuff that we see. Actually, you know what I think we should post is a diagram, again, that I found on Wikipedia, because it's my favorite place to look for for diagrams, but it's yes. comparing the neck of the okapi and the giraffe. <laughs> Ooh. And it's spooky. Since we're getting into Halloween season, y'all, all of our content Uh-oh. is going to get spookier. <laughs> Just get ready. Next week, we're going to do vampire bats. <laughs> oh, oh, God, maybe. <laughs> uh, Flora already mentioned our Patreon. And if you're considering joining our Patreon, first off, thank you. Second off, do it. It's worth it. All the other patrons yes. will tell you. It's worth it. Uh, as we mentioned in all of our episodes, we are available on every podcasting platform. So feel free to hit us up on all of those. But also, please uh, spread the message to all your friends and family and people you think would like this this show. We don't really advertise. So all of the stuff that you say is all the advertising we have. <laughs> so speak wisely. So be kind to be us. Be good to us. Be kind, please, <laughs> God. Uh, also, feel free to check out our Twitter and our Facebook. Just look for Keeper Chat. You should be able to find us on both. That's the end of this episode. Next week, Flora will be presenting her animal of choice. And once again, we will be uh, presenting a number of options for our patrons to vote on. And then they get to vote on the final one. And we will do that. So it's a pretty cool situation we got going. Yeah. We are in your hands. Yeah. Look, open up that fist that you've been clenching all day. Open it up. Clench that fist. Here I am. What's inside? It's me. Hello. I've been here the whole time. Is there a peanut in there for me? It smells like dirt in here. (laughs) You just clenched dirt for like 24 hours? What's wrong with you? Wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Feed me a dirty peanut. No. Dig that out of the ground yourself. Gross. Throw it away. (laughs) I don't want it. Get rid of it. This is not Texas Roadhouse. Don't you dare throw that on the ground. (gasps) Uh, Fun fact. I applied once for a Texas Roadhouse. It's like a... (laughs) Why? Because I needed a job and I had nothing else. And, and your standards I, were zero. Yeah, they were pretty low. Um, no offense, Texas Roadhouse, but they were pretty oh, sorry. low. sorry. We just threw, yeah. Um, but yeah, also, know. I had an interview and the man was like, great, yeah, we'd like you for this hostess position. He was like, I'm going to call you tomorrow with the information. And I never heard from him again. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my life could have been wildly different. I could have never been here. Talking to you all this about the Okapi. Texas Roadhouse podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't even know what we would talk about. Just the peanuts on the floor. Uh, we'd probably talk about Texas Roadhouse. I don't know anything about it other than that they have peanuts. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been there. It was weird, though, because I remember when I walked in, I just, like, stepped on, like, a boneyard of peanuts. It was, like, a <laughs> graveyard. It's I was ominous. like, oh, God. Um, and the man that I took the interview from was um, passing out buckets of peanuts. It was bizarre. Anyways, guys, if you like this, great. If you didn't, that's cool. We'll smell you later. Bye. Bye.